episode number 157 of the Living Deliberately podcast. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast, where you'll learn how to get unstuck, get clear, and live your life deliberately. If you're new to me, just so that you know who you're signing up to listen to, I'm the creator of The Unstuck Method and The Clear Way, two groundbreaking self-help tools that promote your emotional health and well-being. I'm the author of the book, Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being, and I'm currently writing my second book, Getting Clear. I teach all about these tools in my workshops, retreats, and coaching programs. I'm married to a wonderful husband named Boaz. I'm the mother of four children. I'm an avid yogini, and I'm passionate about composing music. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today, and now for today's episode. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you for joining me today. So over the past few episodes, I have been guiding you on the process of living deliberately. I've been building each episode, one on top of the other, starting from the very first question that you always need to ask yourself, which is, what is it that I want to create? That was in episode 149. And then really getting a good look at your why, which was episode 150, because you're going to face resistance with whatever choice you make, and knowing your why will help you stay on track. I walked you through my two tools, the unstuck method and the clear way, the two tools that you need to go from creating what you want to actually manifesting it. Last week, I spoke about identifying your three ways of being so that you can create a foundation for yourself for moving forward with this work. And the truth is, I was planning to create an episode for you for this week about how to practice being those ways specifically because the three ways that we typically choose to be aren't always our ways by default. So it takes work and practice and effort and focus in order to become those ways. But something happened a couple of days ago and it sparked a thought in my mind and I posted the question inside the Living Deliberately Facebook group, which generated some more thoughts and I wanted to share them with you. So I will continue teaching about the practices for the ways of being in the next couple of episodes. But for now, let me start by telling you how I got stuck a few days ago. Yes, I got stuck. (laughs) So if you've been a longtime listener of my podcast, you actually may miss some of the stuck stories that I used to share. And that's what I'm going to share with you today. So my husband and I built the home that we are currently living in right now about five years ago. And one of the first things that we did after settling into the home was to think about our garden. Now, we actually don't really have that much land on our property, but on the side of the house, we have about maybe four to five feet in width that goes like the whole length of the house. So we have this kind of rectangular space, and we decided to plant four trees, an almond tree, a grapefruit tree, a mandarin orange tree, and a lemon tree. And after five years, I'm delighted to say that those trees are really thriving, and they're producing fruit, and it's really fun. Now, in front of our home, we also have a little bit more land, which we use to plant herbs and different tea leaves. 
Anyway, after the first year or so after moving in, I noticed I was doing a ton of weeding, like a ton. And because I wasn't being really diligent about the weeding, you know, like doing it every week or something, I started to kind of ignore the weeding in the winter, only to find like a jungle that I had to deal with later in the spring. And it wasn't fun. And I thought to myself that if I planted a ground cover, that would keep the weeds away. So yes, I would still need to weed, but probably a lot less. So I bought this beautiful lavender flower ground cover, which I've seen around in my community. I have no idea what the name is, but it's beautiful and delicate, and I thought it would be the perfect ground cover for my garden. So I bought three, and I placed one on each end of the garden and one in the middle. And it started to grow, and within a blink of an eye, it started to take over everything. And I mean everything. It created these delicate little vines, which are seriously so misleading because they look delicate, but really they're anything but. This little flower was like wrapping its vines around the tree trunks and the branches and all up and down the fence that borders our property with our neighbor's property. And more than this, it just kept going. It started growing into the neighbor's yard and beyond to the next neighbor's yard. I mean, this flower means business, and I had no idea when I purchased it that it was going to do that. I thought it was just going to cover the ground. So now that we're in lockdown and we have all this free time, well, of course, truth be told, I always had time. I just chose to spend it differently. So anyway, last week, I went out to the garden, and I decided this is it. Like, this guy is getting out of my garden. What I really wanted was to plant a passion fruit plant, which is also a vine, and my family happens to love the fruit, and we used to have one, but it died after I planted this delicate purple flower because it basically suffocated it. So I took my gardening scissors or whatever those things are called, and I started either cutting the roots that it created, which were above ground, or I just used my hands to pull away the parts of the vine. It actually felt therapeutic at first, but after a bit of time, it actually became addicting. I didn't want to leave this garden once I started it. My neighbor came outside one of these days and he noticed what I was doing and he actually offered to join in with me on his side of the fence. And because this plant basically took over everything, it just took so many hours to 100% clear my garden and my neighbor's garden of this flower. After about five days of this, my hands were pretty beaten up because I wasn't wearing gardening gloves, even though I probably should have been but I was so satisfied. The garden looked so good and so clean and so ready for this passion fruit to start covering the now bare fence. But I would be lying if I were to say to you that my mind was in complete bliss because it wasn't. I was partially stuck. Stuck that none of my family members were reaching out to help, even though they passed me plenty of times and they totally saw what I was up to. 
And well, that was pretty much my biggest stuck point, aside from the fact that I planted this ground cover in the first place, because had I not planted it, I wouldn't have been in that situation tearing it all up. So I got unstuck using the unstuck method regarding my family members, because the truth is, each of them actually did help. They just didn't help the way I wanted them to help, and they didn't help the amount that I wanted them to help. But the truth is, they did help, and I got unstuck from that. But getting unstuck from making a bad decision with this ground cover was more difficult. I was stuck because had I asked someone, like a professional or a neighbor or someone with more gardening experience than me, I would have been in a completely different place now than I actually am. I could have avoided all of that mess, all of that hard work, all of that physical suffering, but I didn't avoid that. I was in it. And that's when I wrote my Facebook post inside of the Living Deliberately group. I took a picture of the garden after I took the ground cover up, and I shared my story briefly, and I asked this question. If you had the choice to know something ahead of time, rather than having to go through the process of learning from your mistakes, would you choose knowing and avoid the failures? Or would you consciously choose the learning, knowing that you're probably going to fail? It's a good question, right? And I received a lot of poignant responses. And here's just a couple. One person wrote, I would choose learning. I don't want to skip the process, even when it's difficult. Also, I am wary, even fearful, perhaps, of knowledge that comes before its time. We are always evolving, and that's how it should be, although it can be so painful. And another person wrote, I love this story as a metaphor. It really got me thinking. And another person wrote, what a great question. I've been thinking about it lately and wondering the same thing. I haven't arrived to an answer yet. And so I kept thinking about this. If I could have known about this ground cover, would I have chosen to not put it in? Or would I have consciously chosen to put it in any way and then just learn from my mistakes? I mean, I really could have avoided this whole thing if I had that knowledge five years ago. And this is what became clear to me. Living deliberately is all about deciding ahead of time what it is you want to create and then manifesting it. That's really it in a nutshell. It's about taking 100 responsibility for what it is you want to create in your life and then manifesting what it is you want. But this is not a direct jump from here to there. It's not like I want to create a successful business and that happens tomorrow. Or I want to lose weight and that happens in the next hour. Or I want to create a loving relationship with my kids and, you know, that happens next week. It doesn't work that way. The most powerful part of the work we do with living deliberately is not the jump from here to there, but it's about all the work that we do in between. It's really all about getting unstuck and getting clear. It's about that process. 
and inevitably you're going to get stuck again. So it's about getting unstuck again and then getting clear and moving forward and practicing your ways of being. And yes, you're going to fall again. So it's about getting unstuck again. That's what living deliberately is. It's this process until you manifest what it is that you want to create. And the beauty of this work, even though it's hard, and I know it's hard, believe me, is actually in the process. It's not about the end goal necessarily. I can think of tons of examples where I could have asked a teacher or someone else who had more knowledge than I did about different areas of my life in order to avoid failure. But looking back, I'm glad I didn't ask. I'm glad I challenged myself to go through the process of learning. Here's one example. I have a business coach right now. Now, I could have hired her or someone else, let's say five years ago, and that person could have told me exactly what she thought I would need to do in order to move my business forward, right? That person could have said to me, create this kind of website, write this kind of book, write this kind of blog, create this kind of group. Like they could have told me exactly what to do, almost like in a cookie cutter format. And probably I would have listened. But had I chosen to hire a coach like that back then, which I didn't, and had I followed her recommendations word by word, which obviously I didn't, I wouldn't necessarily have received the wisdom that I have now because I went through the trials and errors and failures that I did. If I was just given a magic pill and I could have skipped all of those difficulties, I wouldn't be the same person that I am today. There's no way that I could be. I had to have had all those experiences because every single one of them taught me something along the way. Now, it's not that I want to create suffering for myself. Of course not. And of course, there are things in life that I really need to know in order to protect myself and in order to stay safe. But what I am saying is that there is great value in the process of learning. And I want people in my life, coaches and teachers, who are going to support my personal learning process. My business coach now, she doesn't tell me what to do. What she actually does is she encourages me to try things out on my own and to test things and to see how they work or see what doesn't work. She encourages me to be like a scientist and to stay curious and to not be afraid of failure. That's the kind of coach I want. I want the kind of coach in my life who emphasizes the process and not necessarily the final outcome. Every single situation in our lives is necessary for who we are today. We don't all go through the same experiences, obviously, but I do believe we go through what each of us is supposed to go through in order to evolve ourselves as individuals. Take a look at all the years that I was feeling stuck in my life, right? For those of you who may be new to the podcast, you may not know that for nearly three years, this podcast was called Getting Unstuck. And on that podcast, I shared one story a week of how I was stuck and how I got myself unstuck. I created a tool called the Unstuck Method 
in order to help myself get unstuck in my life. That's where this whole story begins. And I worked on myself getting unstuck for like three years, day in and day out and multiple times a day. And it was because of all of that work that I realized that while getting unstuck is incredibly valuable, I needed a second tool in order to help me move forward, which is when I created the clear way. And it was then that I realized that the picture was even bigger and what this was all about was really learning how to live a deliberate life. But I only realized all of this because of all of the work that I was doing on myself. In other words, as I see it, I had to experience all of those things in my life in order to get where I am today. It brings to my mind a butterfly. Do you think if a butterfly had a brain like we do, that the butterfly would look back on its life seeing himself crawling on the ground as a caterpillar with all the other creepy crawlers out there and think, you know, if he had a choice to be born immediately into a butterfly, would he have chosen that instead of going through the process of metamorphosis? Well, I've obviously never had a conversation with a butterfly before, but my guess is that most butterflies would say that there was incredible value in going through the metamorphosis and ultimately becoming the butterfly that they knew that they could evolve into. Because there's so much wisdom that comes from the experience of gaining knowledge and understanding. In fact, wisdom that doesn't have knowledge or understanding will ultimately fail, in my opinion. Wisdom comes from the experience of living life. It doesn't come from receiving knowledge on a plate. And that's what living deliberately is all about. It's not a direct path of reaching your goals. This is not about goal setting. This is about personal evolution. It's about your personal journey and how you try things out and where you dare to become someone who you aren't right now and you fall down and you pick yourself right back up and you realign yourself and you get clear and you continue moving forward keeping your eye on what it is that you want to create and who it is that you want to become while you're on your path. So looking back at the garden picture, I'm actually really glad that I had that experience because I learned from it. What did I learn? Well, first of all, I learned that I'm not planting that ground cover again, obviously. But what I also learned is that you never really know something until you experience it yourself. Like, yes, my neighbor could have told me how to avoid this ground cover mess, and I could have listened, but maybe I wouldn't really have understood it the way I understand it now. So yes, I'm five years or so, quote unquote, behind a beautiful garden, but so what, right? I mean, really, so what? So I'll start now. And my garden may not be the most beautiful garden in the neighborhood, but that's okay. There's no contest. And I'm learning along the way, and I'm picking up knowledge, which all translates into wisdom. And what I guess this all comes down to is that wisdom can't be taught. It must be experienced for yourself. I have to say, one of the most common things that people I work with say to me 
is, Shira, I wish I would have known you 20 years ago. You could have helped me in my marriage, or you could have saved my relationship with my kids, and other things like that. And when I hear that, I nod, because I get it. I get that feeling, that feeling of loss, or that belief that things could have been different, and hence they would be different now. But what I also understand is that as hard as it is to comprehend and grasp, I do believe that the experiences we have in life are ones that force us to grow and evolve, even the most difficult and painful ones. And it's those experiences that force us to make choices about whether or not we want to learn from them. And when we do, it's those choices that move us forward. Because the truth is, if it's just a matter of going from here to there, and there's nothing in between, then what kind of life is that? I mean, think about it. What kind of person would you be without having all of those life experiences? Like, okay, great, so now you have a million dollars, or now you have a successful business, or now you have the perfect mate. Now what? Now you'll be happy all the time because you achieved or obtained whatever it is that you wanted? I don't think so. I think if life were lived that way, it would be lacking such a deep sense of depth, of understanding and wisdom. It would be a shallow life in a way. At least that's how I see it. And so while I know that the journey can be challenging and difficult, this is what it's really all about. It's about learning how to accept the reality that has been handed to us and then empower ourselves to consciously be who it is that we want to be within that reality. It's about being who we want to be despite how other people are behaving. It's about challenging ourselves to become better versions of ourselves because of the situations that we are dealt with. That's what this is all about. And that's the beauty of this work and the joy. Even though sometimes when we're in it, we can't see it like that. And so we continue to do the work every day. We wake up in the morning as if there's a fresh canvas in front of us and we decide who it is that we want to be and what do we want to create as if anything is possible. And we do that each day because we believe in the possibility of change. And we have faith that no matter how old we are, we can change into the person that we actually want to become. And we do it because while we have the end goal in mind, we also know it's the process, the journey, that's the most important piece. This is heavy stuff, my friends. A little bit more philosophical than my usual episodes, and I can absolutely see a follow-up episode in some point where I will talk about taking risks and what failure really is and what success really means. But for now, I invite you to listen to this episode again. And when you do, think about the goals that you have in your life or the things that you want to create. And notice where or how you may be emphasizing or focusing more on the goal than you are on the process. 
Notice where you may be focusing more on getting there so much that you're actually missing being here. Challenge yourself to see if you are actually finding joy in the process, joy from the learning that you're receiving as you're in it, joy from the creation process, joy from the learning that you're receiving as you're in it, even joy from the failures. Because if you're not enjoying the process, I'm really not so sure how important getting there really is. Wishing you all a wonderful rest of your week. And as always, I look forward to living deliberately with you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Living Deliberately podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend or family member who may not know much about podcasting. If they need help, please show them how to subscribe to the show and how they can leave a review. For more information on my workshops, programs, and retreats, please visit me on my website at shiragura.com. See you next week.